this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Good? You're warm? Aren't we having a very nice, crisp, sunny winter? That's what we asked for. Do you remember? We had this epic, long, hot summer, according to our prayers, which were granted. And then we thought, okay, well, it's time for it to cool down, but we want the sunshine. And we've had like two, two rainy days. It's been, we need we just enough rain to not go into drought. You know, we want to be sensible about it. But anyway, I'm just really into it. So come and talk to me about your next seasonal request because um, we're just on a roll here. We're on a hot streak. So I'm loving it. Okay, so I'm going to share this morning from a parable. These were stories that Jesus told while he was on earth and ministering. He shared some with his disciples, some with the bigger crew. And uh, this is one of them. He shared over 30. This is in Matthew 20. It's typically known as the parable of the workers in the vineyard. So, thanks Anna Sue. From verse uh, 1, chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the labourers for a denarius for a day, that is the uh, Roman payment at the time, it was like a silver coin, He sent them into his vineyard and he went about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will pay you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said, why have you been standing idle? They said, no one hired us. He said, go into the vineyard, whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the labourers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. When, they came who, when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. And when the first came, they also received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, these men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for one denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So let's just unpack this a little bit. Starting at the beginning, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. Daisy. So (laughs) you got to work, girl. (laughs) The purpose, sorry, Katie, for embarrassing you. I've been in that particular moment time and time again. Um, The purpose of inviting Jesus into your heart and walking into the kingdom is not to just pocket a good old ticket to heaven. Whew, I'm saved. I'll meet you there, Lord. He actually calls us in the vineyard to work. We're called to do something 
in the kingdom of God. The life of a Christian is vineyard work, pruning, dressing, digging, watering, fencing, weeding, tending to God's vineyard. Matthew Henry describes this as paradise work. We are all called to contribute. And that's like when you enter the real world, you know, like that's how you know you're an adult when you sort of start working. I mean, my kids, they're like two and three-ish and like all, they're just absolutely flat out all day running daycares and restaurants and cafes and buses and transit offices. Like they are, they are working their little guts out. We got, they don't want to play with toys. They want to play with whisks and face cream and, you know, they want adult stuff and adult life. Like they are busy bees because that's working is what we're kind of built for. We're like supposed to work and it feels cool to work. Like it's, it's labor, it's work, but it, it's good. It's, there's a real satisfying thing about it. And it's the same in the kingdom to just sit and receive is nice for a time, but it's when you enter that real new place of work that you actually get this sense of contribution and satisfaction. Can I tell you about my first ever day in the workforce? I was 13 years old. There was a lady at church who um, managed Coles at Woiwoi and she talked to me and Hudson about getting a job with her. We're like, awesome, yeah, sweet, that'd be perfect first job. Anyway, one day at the start of the school holidays, she rings me up or rang the home phone, you know, and then she's like, hey, do you want to, um, do you still want to work at Coles? And I was like, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And she's like, do you want to start today? I was like, okay, Sure. And she's like, wear a white shirt, get here as soon as you can. So I didn't have a white shirt, I wore a white singlet, which is not cool (laughs) to work at Coles. But I arrived. Now, let me tell you what the day was. It was Thursday before Good Friday. If you've worked at a supermarket, you'll know that that is the busiest day of the calendar year. It's even busier than Christmas Eve because, I don't know, that's just Good Friday. It's just, it is insane. So she'd obviously had a few people pull out. She was desperate. She calls this 13-year-old. That's not even legal. And this was my training. I'm telling you. I stood... Okay, it was legal. Mum reckons it was legal. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to sue you or her. It's fine. I've, I've survived. It's, it's in the past. It's okay. Legal or not, there I stood. I was... At the checkout, and they were like, okay, so yeah, this, like, you log, I didn't even have, like, a login, they just sort of logged me in someone else's thing, you know, I was like, okay, and then you scan it, I mean, I could do the scanning, you know, and then blah, blah, blah. So, I stood with a chick for maybe 45 minutes and learnt how to be a Coles worker, and then they said, okay, we're going to leave you on your own now, and then if you need anything or something happens, just buzz us and a supervisor will come. This was before the days of self-checkout. So every single register was open and there were queues starting to form down the aisles, like filling up that sort of middle walkway thing. It was crazy busy, full trolleys full of like all the entertainment, you know, Easter weekend stuff. Uh, Every third transaction... I had something happen that I didn't know what to do. Like just, you know, oh, actually, can you delete that? Or I need to buy six of them. Or I need cash out. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll just buzz the supervisor and wait because it was super busy and the supervisor took ages to arrive and there's this queue and this child at the checkout people like don't go to that one there's a kid there I think like 
who has no idea what she's doing. Anyway, I worked the whole day. Like it wasn't like, okay, a couple hours, like the full day into the afternoon. Now I have a memory of being picked up at 10 p.m. from Coles Woiwoi. I don't know if it was that day. It may have been, but that may have been a different day. No, because it was, they may have closed earlier. Anyway, it wasn't that day, mum reckons. It's okay, mum, I'm not in trouble. Like (laughs) I've moved past it. Yeah, that was also around the time there was a cyclone and bananas were $13 a kilo and the abuse. Like, if you deprive an Australian from an affordable banana, they will come for you in a way that is absolutely out of control. Anyway, so that was my first day of work and I did continue there for a little while, but I did eventually just sort of let it fizzle. Like, but, you know, it was really full on. That day was particularly full on, but... It was really fun. It was so cool to have a job. Like, working is great. Working is is fun to get your hands dirty and participate and it's it's awesome. So what does kingdom work look like? Matthew Henry says, The church is God's vineyard. It is of his planting, watering and fencing and the fruits of it must be to his honour and praise. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So he set up this place for us to serve him and work together all to bring glory to him. He could have set church up in a lot of different ways. He could have had one per country, you know. He could have, he could have had angels just come and sort of put it on or we just all arrive and there's sort of just this supernatural thing that happens. He could have made it so that it was just in everyone's lounge room and you just did nothing and you just arrived and you all prayed as a family and that was it. He set church up in this very specific way that would require labour from his people, his imperfect, diverse people to come and contribute and get their hands dirty and some blood, sweat and tears and some skin in the game because that's what he wants. That's the vineyard. This is the vineyard. And so there's so much to do, you know, Productivity is not a very spiritual word. It's sort of for corporate, startup, LinkedIn world. But actually, if we look at the Bible and the examples of so many great Christians throughout the New Testament and the guys in the Old Testament, product they were super productive. Like, they were productive. They were doing things every day. Paul was flipping relentless. He went on, he just went for it. Like, there's Acts... Chapter 8-ish, he's like ministering. They drag him out of the city. They stone him to the point where they think he's dead. The disciples gather around him. He's like raised up, sort of, I think, just... He wasn't dead, but he, he was so badly... Anyway, he sort of like collect himself. He, get a, he goes back in and keeps preaching. He did not stop. He's in prison and he's like, oh, I'm still, what am I doing today? Like, all right, who am I writing to? Who am I, who are we singing to? Who are we, how are we worshipping? He did not stop. He was, they were productive. They were producing work. They had projects like on the go for the Lord, you know, and, and we need to embrace that same sense of enthusiasm and, and, and productivity when it comes to our own Christianity. I, it, you know, there's, there's lots of different ways that that is reflected and some of it is fully practical serving in the church. And it's for the Lord. He says, remember, it's for the Lord, not for men. So there's people here that facilitate things and we set it up, but our motivation is God. It's all for His glory. And there will come a time where you do something big in church or little, you do a job at church and no one will thank you. 
I just, if it hasn't happened yet, I just want you to know it will happen. And I actually think God enables that. I think that he deliberately, because it's, it's actually, there's a classic. So we had this like regional pastors thing that our church was asked to host and Pastor Phil Pringle was the guest speaker and it was like a big, you know, pretty snazzy event and we had to put a lunch on. So I had to do it because I just had to, there was, we just had to get it done. So it was really, if you're like good at hospitality right now, you're like, cool, so what did you do? You did one lunch. I'm like, yeah, but if you're not into hospitality, you're like, wow, you're amazing. Yes, I am. Thank you. So I organized all the food, like weeks of prepping and okay, whether we serving it on and the drinks and the, and it was like a big day going early, set it up. Okay, make the coffees, run down, get these platters, set that up and this food's arrived. Okay, then you do the thing, serve the food, pack it all up. And then I gave mum a list of all the people who had volunteered on the day to like mention and thank them that Sunday in the service. So she did thank all those people who volunteered on the day. (laughs) Just didn't mention me who organised the entire thing, (laughs) which was actually fine. I was loving it because I'm like, this is such a good, I'm so glad you forgot. But it's just that thing of like, we don't do it for kudos. Like what's kudos? There's no status here to be found. Like, don't worry guys, this is... You don't have to worry about nepotism around here, okay? This is a troubling lack of nepotism in this church. I I reckon we could just dial it up, just maybe 2%, just some pastor's kid's perks, I think, coming my way would be fine. No, but it's so good for us because it's like we're just, we're doing it for the Lord. And it's so fun. It's so satisfying. All the things that you're good at, or probably all of them, yeah, let's say all of them, have a purpose in the kingdom of God. Some of them will be reflected in the marketplace. Some of them will be about loving people out in the community, but a lot of them will be here. Interior design, Vita, <laughs> wherever you are. Interior design, whatever you're like good at music. Like that's the secret about the musos, right? Like they work really hard. They practice. They're very passionate. They're like on phone calls, figuring out music keys and rehearsing and they come early and that. But they also love it. Like, can you imagine if you told Beth she couldn't sing for three months? Just sit, just have a break. Just have a three-month break and just sit. Like, they love to do it because they're made to do it. They're musos. They're worshippers. And this is what that gift was designed for, to bring glory to God. Like, it's, and there's so many things like that. Think about what you like doing. Think about what comes easy to you or natural to you. Those are your gifts. Those are your skills. How are you using them to bring glory to God? How are you using them to shine His light, to, to build His church? It's, it's, it's a beautiful privilege. So remember that it's His vineyard. We yield to His vision. He said, I will build my church. And so, you know, sometimes it's like you see someone out like in the dirt, like scrounging, like making their own little getting some plants together. It's like, what are, you, what are they doing? Like, oh, that's their vineyard. Like, okay. We, we, we yield our gifts and we submit our ideas to the Father. And he's really empowering. Like, he loves us to have our own sort of ideas, but it, it's to serve him. Like, that's the key. When you, when you bring it under his kingdom and his purpose, that's what's most fun for us because he's, he's building it. So this, it's, it's just an absolute delight. In Acts 2 verse um, 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Are you devoted to the teaching? Are you devoted to fellowship? Like that speaks of 
effort. That speaks of intentionality, like not just, oh, who did you bump into in the courtyard? But like, okay, I'm going to be devoted in my fellowship. Who can I connect with? How, how should I help them? How can I bless them? What, what am I doing this week to, to lift that person up while they're struggling? Like th- there's, a, there's a devotion there. There's an actual output that is tangible. And then some paradise work, some kingdom work is internal because character matters. And, you know, you can run around like a headless chook doing all kinds of things for the Lord. But if you're not open in your heart to deal with some things and to grow in maturity, then it doesn't count for a whole lot. And so sometimes he puts things on our heart to work on. And it is, it's work because we avoid it because it's, it's laborious. We don't want to always like deal with something or have some tough conversation or work through a passage in the Bible and get all the right revelation for that season and, you know, dig into something or fast or, or, or grow in our character. But that's part of it. John 15 verse 2 says, Every, this is Jesus speaking, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So there's a vineyard in our hearts that God is calling us to tend to. And he is the loving gardener that reveals things and encourages us to deal with things and have these moments so and it is it's it's like it's like a project you know sometimes he'll bring something up and it's a relationship or a or an issue that or a character thing and it's like okay I'm working on this there's work here to be done I gotta grip my teeth and go and get help I gotta ask this person hey can I share this I'm struggling all right let's meet up in two weeks let's pray like that there's like work there it's not comfortable it's so easy to avoid because often it starts with just the Lord revealing it to you and saying we're good we're good we're good but, you know, he, you, you come to that place of repentance and those little gaps, if we avoid them, if we don't want to deal with them, they can get quite big. So we've got we to gotta do that internal work as well. And it, it, he helps us. Like he's so, he, he's, he's a very gentle, loving God. He doesn't sort of humiliate us or smash us. Like, it, you know, there's tests for sure, but he... He will take us through. If you're willing to walk closely to him, he will take you through. And some of this stuff is about bearing other people's burdens as well. Sometimes it's our internal work. Other times it's what somebody else is going through. And that's that beautiful picture of community that it's like, man, I just avoid them because they're having all these dramas and I don't want to hear about it again. But you're like, nah, I'm in. I help, I'm going to bear your burden. What's going on? Let me, um, let me help you. What are we praying for this week? Like that's that, that beautiful community that he's called us to. Matthew 9 verse 37 says, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. The workers are few. So he's calling us to to do something, to love people, to go out and minister his gospel. I heard a fascinating thing from a prominent atheist recently and he said, I don't mind when Christians um, proselytise to me. I don't mind when they share the gospel because they think that's true, that they're going to go to heaven and I'm going to go to hell. That's so offensive that they wouldn't try to get me (laughs) to go to heaven. He's like, I don't mind. I mean, I don't believe it. I think they're all, you know, 
idiots, whatever. He's like, but by all means, convince me because if that's your truth, and it is, by the way, that's the truth, you know, then I don't mind you trying. Like, how, how, that's so rude if you don't try and convince me. You know what I mean? Even an atheist is like, yeah, there's an urgency here, right? Eternity, is that what you're talking about? By all means, try and get me on board. And so let's make sure that we're maintaining the sense of productivity, serving in the church, witnessing and ministering to different people and and working on our own character and being productive. Don't run away from the hard work because we're called to it and he helps us do it. The workers are few. There's so few people that are willing to do this, but it's the life of a glorious, mature Christian and there's, there's rewards in heaven. Not to mention, it's just a better life here. Like it definitely, it for sure is. I like this, speaking about ministering the gospel, there's a great concept here that the owner of the vineyard, he went out in the morning, then in the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour, all the way to the 11th hour. And he's calling people into the vineyard, into, you know, the analogy is the kingdom of God. So it's like he never gave up on people. He kept giving people an opportunity. And it's like he went out, come back in, wait, go out again, invite again, all the way until the 11th hour. So for us and those people in our lives, it's like this thing of you go through seasons where you're talking about it and praying a lot and they seem to be interested and they come to church and then, okay, that seems to have just been now we'll just leave it on simmer you know and then in the sixth hour maybe you go again and it's like I just like this picture that we just never give up on people and there's that's there's work there you know it's it can be emotionally not always easy but Jesus never gave up on us and he still doesn't so we're talking about work shall we address burnout hot topic Matthew eleven twenty eight. this is what Jesus said. <clears throat> Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me that I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. So in all of this effort and productivity and enthusiasm, there's still a place of rest. And if we come to a a point where we're overwhelmed and burnt out, that's really a picture of man doing it in his own strength, either taking on too much or not doing it with the right support or the right submission to the Holy Spirit. It's just not, I'm just sort of introducing this balanced concept here because what, that's that's what he wants, you know? And so there's kind of two scenarios if you find that things are a lot, too much. One is that he's stretching our capacity. And, I, you know, I had this recently where there was just like a lot going on and it was like, is this too much? And I took it to the Lord and I felt like, no, I, this is... This is a capacity thing and I want to be someone who can handle this level. I want to I be at this level. So I'm going to lean in. And once you make that decision, it's actually not so hard because you're like, all right, Lord, is this right? Like this, yep, okay, let's do it. And then you just do it. You just don't complain and you just do it. Like my brother Hudson is like a high capacity guy. Like I can say nice things about him because he's not here. And then when he's back, I'll go back to roasting him. <laughs> like, But like he has a lot going on and I have never seen him flustered. Like 
I've seen him tired, but I don't think I've ever heard him say he's tired. It's just the eyes give it away, you know, like he's just high capacity. It's like, no, oh yeah, what do you want me to do? Yeah, youth, yeah, yeah, this thing, yeah, I'll handle it. Yeah, no, I can do that. There was something we were like, oh, I'll give him a break. And he's like, no, I'll do it, I'll do it. Like he's, he's just all in because he's high capacity. And so, yeah, don't miss that opportunity. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's too much, it's too much. He's like, is it too much or is it like, just walk with him, he'll get you through and be big. I want to be big. I want to, I want to be able to handle a bit and not just fall apart at the first sign of busy in the calendar or I've got something on every day this week. Ah, like I want, to, I want to handle that. So there's the capacity thing. But sometimes it is too much and you do need to make changes because your life has just kind of come together in this way that is not the balance that the Lord is calling us to. And the crazy thing about that is how often the first thing to go is serving the Lord. Or it's like, oh, things are really busy at the moment, so I've got to come off the roster, or I can't, I can't go to that event or do this thing, or like, you know, and of course, like there's seasons to have breaks and all that, it's fine, but, but make sure that's, that's, that's the priority. Serving the Lord, building His kingdom, that's the, the whole point of living on earth. Don't, don't get that out of your calendar because like, oh, I don't know, we've got like some, I can't even think of a sport. What's a sport? Soccer. We've got soccer, like oh, I can't, we got, you know, we got this thing, or I've got a trivia night, it's really fun, or like, it's all fine. But if, if life's too much and you need to make changes, don't make sure that's not like, oh, well, I'll just ditch all the, all the serving stuff, I'll ditch all the God stuff, and then I can get on with my real life, which is having a job and a social life, like a family. You know, he says the workers are few. So it implies that the work to be done is, it's kingdom work. Everyone, every adult I know serves the Lord. Like, I mean, sorry, every adult I know has a job, like, you know, provides for their family. That's really good. That's like, that's very good. It's important. But that's not necessarily serving the Lord, you know? Like there's, there's still, we can elevate that. We can, there's stuff to do. There's, there's, there's kingdom work. So anyway, just consider that, like, that we, we look at how we are prioritising the kingdom of God, the work of the kingdom in our lives. What are you doing for Jesus today, this week, this month, this year? Take those opportunities. Use your gifts. Lean in because it's so fun, you know. And in chapter 19, just earlier in this time that Jesus is talking, he has a conversation with the rich young ruler. And the guy says, what can I be to be saved? Yeah, I follow the commandments. What else? He says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor and follow me. And it says that he went away sad because he had great wealth. This guy had too much going on that he wasn't willing to part with. There was too much in his life that was mattered more to him than following Jesus. And he missed out. He walked away from Jesus on earth. He walked away back to his nice life, his busy world, his wealth, because he wasn't willing to give that up. Let's not be like that. So now we come to this whole topic of payment and who came first and who gets what and the denarius. And this is a message to the Jews about the coming of the Gentiles. I don't think that we can fully 
understand how significant it was deeply embedded in their culture that the Jews and the Gentiles were separate. The Jews were God's chosen people and the Gentiles were trash. And Jesus was coming to blow that whole thing wide open. And so he's starting to prepare them. He's going, here's a story that doesn't sound very fair, does it? They worked all day. They worked in the hot sun. This guy came in the 11th hour and they all got the same payment. He's challenging their thinking. He's preparing them for something that is beyond what they understand as their normal day-to-day practices. And it's, it's a picture of salvation. Now, the Bible is clear that there are different rewards in heaven for serving and for sacrifice. There's, there's verses about that. But when it comes to salvation and God's grace for our sin, no one is more worthy than the other. Nobody. And we need to make sure what side you sit on. Maybe there's that sort of like old school Jewish mentality of like, no, no, I'm like chosen, you know, I'm a pastor's kid or whatever, like as if like, oh, are you? My dad's a plumber. He is a broom. Like it didn't, it didn't matter much. (laughs) Don't worry. Um, You know, but like whatever, you know, like we talk about faithfulness and we honour that and it's really important. It's very valuable, but it doesn't count for much if you're not here today. Like, that's what I'm, the, the Cherkovs are still here. Like, that's awesome that they were there 25 years ago and they gave 25 years ago, but they gave today. They're here today. Tony's raking leaves today and all of us have today. So if you feel like that sort of Gentile mentality of like, oh, you don't, you know, I've come from something else or like I'm sort of, yeah, like uh, it took me a while to get saved or, it took, uh, you know, there was all those years where I was mucking about or I didn't. It's time to break agreement with the lie that you're not good enough because guess what none of us are no one is worthy no man is good enough Jesus is worthy and he alone is worthy and that's why he came to die because the Jews couldn't earn their way into into heaven and neither could the Gentiles it's all through the blood of Christ and so if there's those things that you're holding on to about what makes you worthy or what makes you not worthy it's time to break it you need to let it go right now in your heart if you're if you're holding on regret about where you've come from or you're late in the game, maybe you're a ninth hour, 11th hour Christian, it doesn't matter. Salvation is for all and we all have today. What are we doing today? Let's work in the vineyard today. This is the moment. This is the opportunity. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? He says the last will be first and the first will be last. There's so much levelling that he did when he came. He, he came to just smooth out hierarchies eliminate status. Just let that, just I'll catch my breath. Everyone just have a think. So yeah, we just, you know, make sure that there's not that comparison thing. Like he says, or is your eye evil because I am good? So these guys, they, they were aware of what the others were being paid and they weren't happy about it because they felt like they had deserved something different. And so it, we're a community, we work together, we, we look at each other's lives, we learn from each other. But Make sure your eyes are on Him. Again, we're serving Him. It's for His glory. It's for His, His credit. And so if you find that there's someone you're kind of looking at maybe too much or super aware of or weighing it up, God is good. It's all His. There's enough to go around. He takes care of you. He'll take care of them. And maybe it doesn't quite make sense. He's fine with that. It's okay. We'll get to heaven and go, oh, okay, that's, you know, we don't, we don't always know. We don't always understand. And maybe if you try to look at it from the outside, things just like, what the hell is it? 
just honestly give it to God. Pray for that person. Don't hold on to that because they, they got paid what they had agreed to be paid. But because it wasn't what they, it was, you know, it's like just, just it's all his. He says, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? It's all God's. It's all his. And he says, all are called, but few are chosen. It's few. Again, we got that word few. The workers are few. Few are chosen. There's just not that many people that want to do it. But it's crazy because it's so good. And so let us be the ones, the faithful few, who put our hand up and say, yeah, I want to be chosen. I want to go all in. I was in like a um, work thing recently and we had all these like different meetings and sessions and they're like, oh, and then we just need a volunteer for this thing tomorrow morning. But they didn't say what it was. I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I don't know what it is. And then he, the guy, like the founder, he's like looking at me. I can tell he wants me to volunteer. And I'm like, what is it? And he's like, just, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, me. Yeah, fine. And it was like this super easy thing. And it made me look really good. To be honest, it was like a great opportunity to kind of get some, score some easy points, which you got to do when you're working. And it was awesome. And I'm like, I'm so glad I put my hand up for that. And it would have, I tell you what, it would have been really annoying to watch somebody else do it. Because it was actually, it suited me. Like it was a great little thing to like present and do this thing. And so sometimes you got to put your hand up and you don't even know what it's for. He's like, all are called Who's going to be chosen? And it's like, yeah, I'll just do it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'll get the band up and I'll um, just bring it into a really spiritual place and talk about Survivor. Do you guys know Survivor? I love Survivor. It's like one of my favourite shows. So the concept of Survivor is you get like 20 or 30 people, they go and like live on an island, like have to survive. And They've got to do like challenges and strategy and find clues and get through and every couple of days they vote somebody out. And at the end, the last three, everyone that got voted out chooses of the three who wins sole survivor. And in America, they win a million bucks. So the stakes are high. The second worst thing that can happen on Survivor is that you get voted out. You're playing too hard, you upset the wrong person, whatever, and you lose, you get voted out. It's, that's disappointing. The worst thing that can happen on Survivor is you get to the end and then no one even considers you for winning. Because at the beginning, you're like laying low, you're getting through and it's like, it's all good. And then you do that for long enough, you go, no one's voting me out, this is awesome. And it's like, yeah, because you're not a threat. Everyone knows that you can't win because you've done nothing. So that's the perfect person to take to the end. And then they go, well, yeah, you know, I was on the beach and like I was contributing to challenges and everyone's like, whatever. The people that win are the ones that make moves. They go all in, they take risks, they dig in the dirt for opportunities and they find things and they go on these hikes and they collaborate with people and they make plans and they, they take big swings and most most of them lose, but one guy gets a million dollars. And I, it's just this picture of like, I don't want to get to the end and be like, I played it safe. I got through. Thank you, God. I'm in heaven. It's like, I want to go all in. I want to take some risks. I want to be productive. I want to use my skills and my gifts and my time and my energy. We don't get another opportunity. You can't worship God in Like you don't get a chance to rejoice in suffering in heaven. You only get to do that here because there's no suffering in heaven. 
So praising through your pain, that is an earth only opportunity. You don't get to witness to people in heaven because everybody's born again. That's an earth only opportunity to witness the Gospel and shine the light and pray for someone that's hurting because there's no hurting in heaven. That's an earth only opportunity. We only have so many years. You know, it's the older you get, you see some people go out pretty early and you're like, man, that's it, time's up. They're in heaven now. And, and they get the full glory, eternity. But those earth-only opportunities, that, that, that's, that's all there is. And I'm so grateful for godly Christians that take those opportunities, that use those opportunities. That what, else, what else are we holding back for? What are we saving our energy for? Except for advancing the Kingdom. Let's be workers in the vineyards, like grab a trowel and get busy because we don't have long and it's so fun. It's what you're built for. It's what you're called for. All of us, different skills, backgrounds, opportunities, early morning Christians, 11th hour Christians, we've got today. So let's use it, church. Thank you, God. Come on, close your eyes. Look to Lord. Jesus, I thank You that You came to earth. I thank You that You levelled hierarchy, that You eliminated status, that every single one of us is called into the Kingdom. And I thank You for the chosen few who put their hand up and get to work. I pray right now that we would be stirred again to get busy, to do things, to be productive. I pray that You would bless us, that You would help us. Thank You that Your yoke is easy, Your burden is light, and we can run with the ball, Lord Jesus. Bless this church, Lord God. Bless your vineyard. Bless the workers in Jesus' Name. And right now, if you're feeling stirred, if you're feeling like, yeah, come on, okay, it's, I've got to level up. I've got to get the ball. I feel like the Lord's going to drop some ideas into your heart. There's things that you love to do or areas in the church that you're drawn to or people that you're drawn to or creative ideas that you've just been kind of simmering, make some moves this week. Go and talk to someone in the courtyard and say, can I go on that roster? Can I be part of that event? Can I, can, let's participate. And it can start right now. It can start this week. Just keep that conversation in your heart going and let's take, take some steps forward, hey? Thank you, Lord. Bless today. Bless these people. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.